Welcome into another edition of NBA Sound System. Carlin Gay alongside Mike Adams and Scott Rafferty. This is part two, part two of our halfway point check-in. Part what? Part two. Okay. Part two. A little français yeah. on the pod. Scott can relate. I can relate. I, I got you. Yeah, you got me. Uh, part two of our halfway point check-in. Most teams, by the time you're listening to this, would have played 41 games, if not all of them, which means, quick maths, the halfway point of the NBA season. Congratulations, Carlin. I'm, I'm killing I've it right now. I am, at, you know, without a calculator. Who says, divided by who two, says man, you guys are the numbers? <laughs> who says you guys are the numbers guys around here? Huh? Thank you, I test. <laughs> Uh, we'll get into uh, as part uh, part of part two. We'll get into the award predictions that we made at the start of the season. See if we want to stick with them, change them, or what? I mean, those are the only two live on the fence. Right? No, not. there's third. Live on the fence. Okay. The old Scott Rafferty. Don't look at me when you say that. <laughs> don't don't both of you just turn to me as soon as you said on the fence. MVP, Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player of the Year, and also. We'll discuss uh, that battle for eighth seed in the Western Conference because it's heating up. And the Memphis Grizzlies are playing real good basketball. So are the San Antonio Spurs. Zion's coming back. Maybe the Pelicans get back into the race. So we'll discuss that a little bit later on. And also trade deadline coming up in about three weeks' time. Three weeks from Friday, it's going down. Trade deadline. Is it going to be chaos or is it going to be quiet? On the trade deadline front, I have an idea of what it's going to be like. I want to hear what you guys have to say about that. Let's start with the awards, though, and let's start with the kingpin and get it out of the way. The MVP award, the most valuable player of the award. It's over. It, I was going to say, it, it, it is a wrap, right? Like, there's no chance that anyone jumps into this MVP race. By the way, before we get to it, uh, your predictions before the season started, and Micah, you said Giannis. Scott, you said Giannis. I had James Harden. Um I'm switching to be honest. It's it's a wrap. Like James Harden has no a, chance. There's a 99 percent chance, right? Yeah, I mean, not like, according not according to Basketball Reference. Well, I'm I'm so I'm staring at Basketball Reference right now. I'm glad that you brought that up because they have him at 48. <laughs> percent That is, the, there's no way he's only 48. percent The only way that James, the only way that Giannis does not win the MVP award is either if he gets hurt, mm-hmm. if Milwaukee somehow just forgets how to play basketball and comes back to the pack, right? And honestly. That's probably it. Um, maybe the Lakers like completely go nuts, go on a twenty-game win streak, and like LeBron gets back into it. Mm-hmm. I, I think LeBron is the only one outside of Giannis that even has a prayer. And I, I would honestly, I would put that at about a one percent chance. I think it's a wrap. The crazy thing about Giannis is that there's been so much talk about the the crazy scoring season that Harden is having in it, and it is crazy. Um, but Giannis, when you look at per thirty-six minutes. Um, Giannis's numbers, scoring numbers are basically, he's at 35.3 points per 36 minutes. Harden's right. at 36. Right. So he's basically scoring at the same rate that Harden is. Um, the only reason it's not on a per game um, basis is because he's playing 30 minutes a game, um, which is absurd. When you when you talk about the MVP race, the player who's played the least amount of minutes and won MVP was Stephen Curry um, in 2014-15. He played 33 minutes a game. Um, so... I mean, he just doesn't have to play that much because they're basically blowing every single team out when he's on the court. Um, and I think when you just look at the impact that he's making on both ends of the court, yeah. um, how consistent he's been and how efficient he's been, um, it, it's pretty safe to assume that I think he's going to win. It. I think the big one is like when you're when I was saying that Harden, when I had Harden at the halfway Christmas kind of update, when we did the update to our you know war predictions, Harden was doing you know historic stuff in terms of scoring, and he was so far ahead in, uh, in the scoring race that I was just like, this guy is just—he just has to be in the conversation at least. I was—I was more so picking him just to have him in the conversation, less about him really getting a chance to win. And you look at the per, per thirty-six, Giannis is is right on par with Harden's yeah, score. Right he's right there. Like it's, it's less than a point. They right now have, if you just go by per thirty-six, which I look, I I, I do think that we run the risk of not giving Harden the credit he should get because he, look, he is playing a lot more minutes than Giannis. Like and that matters. That, that, does, and that, does, that matter, does matter, right? Yeah, like it, it You it know, does. it's it's sort of like, you know, everything can't be through the lens of per 36. However, if you do that, it is pretty remarkable that these are two of the four most prolific scoring per 36 seasons in NBA history, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's Wilt from the year he averaged 50 a game, mm-hmm. averaged 37.4 points per 36. Mm-hmm. Then Harden this year, then Harden last year, and then Giannis this year. 
<laughs> but like you know, I think Harden gets all the credit in the world for the scoring, and we talked about this a little bit earlier this week. But like, Giannis is scoring more per thirty six than Michael Jordan ever did, yeah. and the guy won ten scoring titles. Like, right, and it feels like nobody's really talking about right. it. Right, and then you, and then you add in the fifteen rebounds per thirty six yeah. and the six dimes, and he he might be the best defender in the league, and he's on the best team in the league. Like, there's just it's Giannis, and then it's a cliff, and then it's like. Okay, maybe if he gets hurt, it's LeBron. The thing with Giannis, too, is that I, I kind of said it before. It's the consistency as well that I think fa- is a major factor in this. Because as good as Harden is, and as much as he bends defenses and force you know, teams to kind of throw gimmicky defenses at him or defenses that we haven't seen before, there are nights where he just doesn't bring it. Right. Um, you know, bo- both like he doesn't bring... The, like the energy isn't there. He's not saying the right tone or that he's just off. And it doesn't feel like Giannis has those nights. On the top, off the top of my head, the only night that I can point to where Giannis did not play well this season was against that uh, was against the 76ers on Christmas Day. Hmm. Um, it seems like pretty much every other night, even if he's not scoring a ton, he's impacting the game on the glass, getting rebounds, he's hustling all over the court, and I do think that also matters in this discussion. Well, if Giannis or if Harden was playing 30 minutes a game, maybe we'd have a different result. We have to we have to make that clear. Is and Har- also, is Harden second for you guys? He was second for me going into Christmas Day. Um, and I, I, st- I still think he's second for me. You still yeah, I think so. I think I think Anthony Davis and LeBron James are canceling each other out. I, th- I actually think Jimmy Butler should be deserve uh, deserve more love than he actually gets right now. I know he's in the uh, he's top gonna be like six. A, in yeah, terms he's not going to be like top reference. three though. He, he does deserve. He does deserve some love. He deserves love, five. but he's. Not, I don't think he's for what he's, he's doing with a bunch of kids. A bunch of kids. I mean, they're a very talented team, and they're, they're kids they're though. Deep. Kids. Okay, sure. We're talking. I mean, he's not getting over Luca. He's not getting over Harden, over Giannis, and he's probably not getting over LeBron and AD as well, right? So, what, like, like you're saying, Micah, I agree with you. Like, he he can be in this discussion, but I don't think he's definitely not a top three to me, and he might not be a top five. That's tough. That's harsh. That's harsh. You, you, I I think that LeBron and AD cancel each other out. I I think that's being grossly. I think that oversimplifies it. Well, to say that you're not in the top I, I, no, five, no, is but like if, but if you look, you if you look at them. like the imp- yeah, you can. If you look at the impact that those guys have had on the Lakers, I, sure, Anthony Davis has been great, and we're going to get to Defensive Player of the Year here in a little bit, and he might go on to win it, and he's probably the favorite to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, that team, quite simply, is light years better whenever LeBron's on the floor without AD. Then the reverse of that, I mean, mm-hmm. they're a lottery team. Whenever Anthony Davis is out there without LeBron, sure. they don't skip a beat. Whenever Davis comes off and LeBron's out there, uh, he's playing at. I, I think honestly, this is the best he's played since maybe his second or third year in Miami. Um, I, this is Not the most engaged that LeBron's been on both ends. I, I just, I, I think LeBron has far and away uh, been more impactful so in second. LA than Anthony Davis. Yeah, to me, to me, it's Le- LeBron a second. I have no problem with that, but I'm saying you cannot have both of them in the top five. That's my issue. If you have LeBron second, cool. No oh, argument there. Okay. I'm just saying that you cannot have both of them in the top five and then have Jimmy Butler outside of that top five because Jimmy Butler has his team in second place, and no one expected this in the in the Eastern Conference. Is, is Jimmy Butler a clear-cut better, like, sort of in the MVP conversation? Like, is... Is it so obvious that Jimmy Butler is more deserving of that recognition than Bam Adebayo? Yes. In my opinion, yes. I th- I think so, but I think Bam I think Bam's an all-star this year and I think that yeah. speaks to his value on that team, especially defensively. I did, like I just I think in the case of Jimmy Butler cuz I agree with you. He's been awesome, right? And like he should probably be a second team, maybe third team all-NBA guy, but I think sometimes there's the tendency to Look at the teams that are vastly outperforming, the ones that are, especially when it's first or second uh, in a conference, and then just automatically assume that the best player on those teams should be in the MVP discussion. For me, like Miami is is sort of like a, it's not the same thing as when like the Pistons were really good in the East, but like those Pistons teams like didn't have an MVP candidate, but even that's though they fair. were maybe the best team. In that's not fair. Those Pistons teams were six deep with six veteran players. This is a very deep Miami Heat team, but they don't have anyone. You didn't know who Kendrick Nunn was heading into the no, season. No, you didn't. You didn't know who, uh, you know, you know Miles Leonard wasn't going to be doing this before the season started. You didn't know that. Though. You didn't know those things. You didn't know about really. I know Tyler Hero got a little buzz in Summer League, but you weren't expecting him to come out and play like this. And then, and then Robinson? Duncan Robinson, yeah. you couldn't pick him out of a lineup before the season started. So that's I think that's different than the, the Detroit okay. team. I mean, we're splitting hairs, but the fact that we're talking about Jimmy Butler and is he a fringe top five guy 
speaks to the, to the degree that which Giannis has just wrapped this thing up. Yeah, because that's the only thing that's interesting. Yeah, yeah it's over. It's it's a, it's a battle for second place. <laughs> let's just be clear about that. We're not even arguing. It's a battle for second place. So let's move on to a uh, award that maybe has a little bit more debate. That's the Defensive Player of the Year. Scott, I heard Micah say that he's leaning one way. What do you have? I sort of think it's between uh, Rudy Gobert and Anthony Davis, and I lean. I lean. I picked Anthony Davis um, before the season. He was my pick. I sort of lean towards Rudy Gobert right now. Um, the Jazz have been incredible as of late. Um, they're a top ten defense once again. The numbers with Rudy Gobert on the court um, versus off the court defensively um, are, are pretty stark once again. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know if there is. I mean, Anthony Davis does as well, but I just between I think it's them. They impact the game defensively more than pretty much any other player in the league does on a nightly basis. Um, but just with how well the Jazz have been playing and everything like that lately, I sort of do lean towards Gobert. Michael, what do you got? Is yeah, it Anthony I, Davis? I think so. I think it's I think Davis is going to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure they should win it, but I but I think he's going to. Okay. Um, I think people might well, who not go? like be bored of Rudy Gobert. I. I really wanted to make a case. So Anthony Davis is great. Joel Embiid's great. Even like Ben Simmons should probably be getting a little bit of Defensive Player of the Year buzz as well, leading the league in scoring uh, or in steals. I'm sorry. I really wanted to make a case for LeBron to win Defensive Player of the Year. Stop. I and I started. I started diving into the case, and you really. There's really not much there. I want. I wanted to though. The guy's first in, in defensive real plus minus. I'm I, like, I'm let's, actually, let's I, use that as a jumping off point. I'm actually like, going yeah. with LeBron as Stop. a defensive player of the year. No, I'm not. actually going with LeBron. No, you're not. Why not? LeBron's a better defender than Giannis. Like just just that. Let's not even talk about Gobert and Anthony Davis. Is he a better defender night in night out? Not about better defender though. No, but, that, the, but you, like, don't, you don't the, always give the award to the best. Crap. Defensive player in, in the league is a defensive yeah, player no, of the no, year. No. It's I mean it's the same thing with MVP. You don't give it to the best player every year. You give it to the most valuable player. Sure, I think you that think LeBron's, LeBron's been more valuable defensively this year than like Giannis has for example. Right now, yes, I disagree, but that's fine. Yeah, that, there's a strong the, the reason that LeBron I don't think can win it is like just the narrative of the Lakers in general. It's going to be Anthony like Anthony Davis is going to win that if a Laker wins that. He's the guy that's the that's with the gaudy block numbers. Okay, so remove, remove he has the, the narrative. narrative involved with it. Remove the narrative. Who should win it? Man. <laughs> it's still probably Davis. <laughs> All right. It's still probably Davis. Okay. It, it is. I mean, he's single handedly not single handedly, but I mean he's we we talk there 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 are so many things that, you know, we can use numbers to gauge and one of the things that we can't is like the degree to which LeBron has bought in def- defensively this year. This is the most engaged he's been on that end since Miami in the regular season, and there is zero question about that. I am 100% confident in saying that, but I also think that one of the reasons for that is because of Anthony Davis. Like Anthony Davis, right. before the year started, was saying this is going to be the best defensive team in the league. I'm going to hold everyone accountable, and that includes LeBron James. And the fact that yeah, Anthony Davis is that? getting LeBron to buy in, I, I kind of, I don't know. I mean, you can't definitively say yes or no, right? I but can't. Anthony, come on. Yeah, I don't think Anthony what Davis are you inside is, of LeBron's head. Listen, nobody is telling LeBron what to do. If LeBron James didn't want to bring it defensively, I think he came out this year to make send a message, regardless of oh, whether I, Anthony I Davis is on the team or not. So all, Anthony Davis can say all he wants, but he's not fooling me. LeBron James is going to listen to LeBron James. I don't care what Anthony Davis says. If Anthony, if LeBron feels like, or sorry, if Anthony Davis feels like LeBron's not bringing it one night, he's not going to walk up to LeBron and say, "Hey, step it up." LeBron's going to do that on his own. It's going to, it's going to, this is going to be Gobert or Davis. Yeah, I think that's probably. And Peter Simmons should be in it, but people are going to be so, people are going to be so upset about Philadelphia, mm-hmm. you know, presumably underachieving that they're just going to ignore any case. And both of those guys have great cases uh, for defensive player of the year. It's going to be Anthony Davis or Rudy Gobert. How come no one said uh, Giannis? He's on the best defensive team. He's on the best team defensively. Yeah. Uh, his defensive rating is better than all those guys we've named. Why isn't anybody saying Giannis? Um, I, I'd probably have him third on my list right now. Why third? Uh, behind who? Rudy Gobert and, uh, uh, and AD. Davis. Okay. Yeah. Um, again, we're, we're kind of splitting heads with these players just because they are so good defensively. Um, and my answer could change in two weeks, a month, two months, and things like that. 
Um, and, and the thing about, here's the thing. I, I do think Rudy Gobert, night in, night out, is the most impactful defender in the regular season. Sure. Um, from start to finish. And that's a, I mean, that's the path towards winning def- defensive play of the year. However, there are very few teams and schemes that can not run him off the court, um, but make it more difficult for him or, or expose his weaknesses as a defender. And the difference between Anthony Davis and Giannis is they are the two defenders in the league. There's other ones as well, like Kawhi when he's locked in and things like that. LeBron but James. They, and sure, LeBron, young LeBron, maybe not right now, but um, that can't be schemed off the court <laughs> at all. very disrespectful to LeBron. You think you can scheme LeBron off the court? <laughs> no, but like, disrespectful LeBron to LeBron. Is not you just like, said that. No, but like, the, no, what I'm saying is like LeBron is not like, LeBron is not going to guard Kawhi Leonard when, the, when they play the Clippers in the playoffs. I don't think he will. Why not? Because I, mean, I don't think you think he's going to play. You think he's he going to match up with Kawhi every single minute? Is he going to be Alex to. Caruso? Yeah, what are we, what are we talking about here? Alex Caruso. He doesn't start. Well, who guards him then? Be Danny Green. Yeah, maybe. In a clutch, in a in a last that's shot different. situation. That's different. Well, that's, that's different. but that's what we're talking about here. No, I, about I get the, what you, I get what you're saying. You mean okay. like start to finish? Okay, yeah, yeah okay, fine. We agree with you. But in the last five minutes, game close game. LeBron's strapping up. And he's strapping up on Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. Whether he stops him or not is is that's we'll, we'll wait and wow, see. We're not scheming. We're not. I, no, we're no, not no, no, no. I, didn't say, I did not say they scheme LeBron off the court. I did not say those words. Do not put those words in my but mouth. You but said maybe LeBron, and then you said maybe young LeBron, yeah. like old yeah, LeBron. Yeah, can, like, like old LeBron can be schemed off. You're being the court. a little disrespectful. To I wasn't LeBron. being disrespectful. It I'm just saying was. he's not at the same level defensively as all these other players. Right, that's fine. That's fine. You, we can say that LeBron has been a better defender this year, and he's more engaged. We don't have to overcorrect it and be like he's the defense player of the year we don't have to do that okay but that's my opinion but finish your thought going back to what i was saying anthony davis Giannis on the short list of players who basically cannot be run off the court and can do pretty much anything god one through five and things like that um because even lebron not that i'm disrespecting him lebron is not guarding you know a center in the playoff like he's not going to match up with someone like a Jokic or whatever Um, whereas in theory anthony davis and Giannis can do that um that was my point okay moving on Unless wow. you want to add to that. No, I, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, most improved player of the year. This is a tough one because there's so many candidates. And I, I don't like that we now included in most improved is like a sophomore guy. It should be at least – you should, yeah, they should I, add the rule where you at least have to play in your third year. I typically like that. I, I, I like where your head's at, and I typically fall into that same category. Um but my guy's a second year guy. So is mine. I'm just saying that we should. <laughs> I'm just saying that we should get out of that that mold okay. because guys are, you know, if you're good and you're drafted where you're drafted, you're, you're you should right, take you that. that, Carl, that you do you guys have Devontae uh, Graham? After, yeah, I have Devontae Graham now. At yeah. the, the start of the season, I had Aaron Baines. Um, I thought that he was, you know, far and away the most improved player. He was playing great for Phoenix, and uh, he seemed to cool off a little bit. You know, d- minutes aren't available to him anymore. There's a logjam at center position for. Uh, the Suns, and they're also not just they, just, they just don't have that same cohesiveness as they had at the start of the season when they were playing really good basketball. They've come back down to earth. So Aaron Baines, sorry, but Devontae Graham is my guy, and he is a second-year player, but the leap he's made from basically the G League to the, the end of the Hornets bench to being their prime-time go-to guy where we're in, the, you know, there's a conversation around him being invited to the All-Star game at some point. I don't think he should be anymore. But there was a conversation around that shows me that that leap that that's not a leap, that's like a high jump Olympic style high jump. We might have to test him. Yeah, I mean, if if you just said like Devonte Graham could be an all star this season, the fact that you won't get laughed at by people who have watched the Hornets play and him play is a testament to just kind of the leap that he's made and how important he's been. Um, I, I do think he's probably the front runner, even though he's a sophomore. And like you guys, I don't usually like that. I don't like giving it to a second year player. That's who you'd give it to, though. I'm not gonna lie. When we said we were doing an awards podcast, I forgot to think about most improved. So I'm kind of thinking. Well, you had Bam Adebayo before. Yeah. So I think it's between Devonte Graham, um, Bam Adebayo, and then I also have Pascal Siakam still in yeah. there. Just because why? Because of the he's made another I'm insane glad. leap from last year. But you year. weren't expecting him to. You I was expecting not, him to make this All Star leap. I don't think. No, it's different though. Because mm-hmm. he's made. He's making. He's a very clear starter in the All Star game right sure. now. I think that. Um, but before his injury, he's being talked about as an MVP candidate. Um, That's fair. In that, not necessarily the top four range. But in that Jimmy um, Butler, in that bio exactly. range. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So I, I don't think anyone expected going into the season that Siakam would be mentioned as an MVP candidate. And I also don't think we give guys enough credit for making that leap. 
you know, we kind of make, we give guys the credit to make the first leap to where they, you know, they're a valuable player or they're an impact player and things like that. Um, but the leap that he's done, um, I, I think he deserves more credit for I'm it. Glad, I'm glad you talked about that leap we don't talk about enough, specifically within regards to the context of most improved. But you don't think that having him in the conversation of the MVP is, is enough? Like recognition of that leap, he doesn't need to win the most improved award again because we've, we're now like it's beyond him. Like he's it's, it's past him now. He's gone beyond that to go into the conversation of being the most valuable player in the league. So True. who cares about this MIP that's behind him? I mean, it's still in the world, and you'd be the first player in NBA history to win it twice. So that's Hall of Fame worthy. <laughs> According to you, just retire right now. You guys know the rules. <laughs> Wait, isn't it three awards? No, it's the most in history. Okay, yeah, that's bad. I yeah, think okay. that uh, I, 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 I agree with you in the sense that I Devontae Graham is probably going to win it. Like, you just look year by year. Whatever guy just, like, makes the biggest leap in scoring right. just wins it. Let's just – I mean, fair. it's the oversimplification, but, like – and he should. I mean, it's it's a lot more than just the scoring. It's the assists. I mean, he's basically being Kemba Walker. Yeah, and I he's mean, been like, big in, like, crunch so time, like, too. So, like, I'm not, I'm not going to dispute the fact that Devontae Graham – won't win it. I just don't think he should win it. So who well, do you who, think? Because you guys didn't. You you also did not say who I have. Who do you have? I think it should be Luca. Doncic. Yeah, that's, I, because that's a good one. the 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 leap that he's. I know he was really good last year, right? But like the leap that he's made is so far and away more outrageous than I think anyone in their right minds could have predicted. Even more so than the Siakam jump, because Siakam like. Yeah, he won most improved. He was kind of fringe all-star, kind of like Luka was, like, probably first three guys out last year. But, like, we saw him do it in the NBA Finals. Kawhi wasn't going to be a, I don't think anyone in their right minds thought that a second-year Luka Doncic was going to come put up a 30-10-8 and 10 and 8 or fair. whatever he's doing. Um, and, and he's I basically just, been a top-five player this year. Right, so and he's like... elevated Dallas to, I mean, they're comfortably in... Uh, in a Western Conference, so I actually think Luca is uh, is who I would have. I don't think he's going to win it, mm-hmm. just because those guys don't win it. The other name that I think is interesting that um, right now will not win it, but with another forty games, maybe he's in that conversation. Is Markel Fultz? Because I think he's a guy that he just put up a huge triple double uh, against the Lakers, and he's a guy that is is. He just the, the turnaround is so remarkable. People vote for stories. Narratives win awards. Like right. we could talk about that. Um, and I think that it, you know, if he continues what he did against the Lakers, if if that sort of maintains course over these next forty one games, Markel Fultz to me is the one name to watch that could kind of come on hot and and make an interesting case and would just have the uh, the story on his side, if he plays an active role in helping Orlando continue their their playoff push, but uh, I, Fultz is another guy for me. In pre-production, I said that uh, jokingly said that we should talk about the comeback player of the year, mm-hmm. or uh, as the pros call it, pre-pro. In pre-pro, pre-pro. <laughs> I jokingly sure. said that there should be a conversation about comeback play. Mark L. Fultz is the comeback player of the year. Let's just we can give it to him right now, right? Like I don't think I mean, there's Carmelo's another right there too, right? Oh, come on, knock it off. He's not having, I played ten games last year, but he's not having a better year than Marco Fultz. Gordon Hayward's been playing well. Yeah, Gordon Hayward's in the conversation, but Marco, like like I said, it's it's a nicer story to give it to Marco Fultz. It is. This is a guy. A this is a guy a who was getting crushed, and most said that he should be out of the league, and he's like twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> like telling him to retire, can't even drink a beer. What are we talking about? It's here? not outrageous to think he's going to be better than Ben Simmons oh, when it's all go. said and done. All right, well, we'll, stop, we'll, stop, we'll stop the conversation. We're going to tease we don't that wanna, for next week. Yeah, leave that for for next 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 week. Uh, <laughs> on to rookie of the year. You're trying to tell me never. <laughs> Rookie of the year. Um, all right, we all say John Morant, so let's just move past that. Who's second? It's still Zion. He hasn't even played yet, and it's still Zion. Okay. He can't win it. Jaw's been too good. This is not a not a situation where I don't think that there's any like he he would have to come in and average thirty five points a game. That was one of my bull predictions. Win. Yeah, that's a bad bull prediction. I'm sticking with it. I it's think really I think bad. that the and I'm impact, the biggest Zion guy in the world. You are. You're one of the biggest of all time. I think that, but I think that the impact he's going to make on the highlight reels yeah. is going to pressure a lot of people in the media to vote for him. He's going to finish second because uh, you know for something else that we'll talk about later. But sure, um, something Scott. real quick on that. Um, if 
let's if, if Zion does make his debut against the Spurs and plays every single game for the remainder of the season, which I'd be shocked if he did. There's only back one back to back that, or sorry, the next back, the first back to back they have is not till like the middle of March, and he's not expected to have any minutes restrictions as well. I don't think he's playing every other game, every game. Okay. But even if he did, he'd play 38 games this season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the fewest amount of games that someone has played in NBA history in one rookie of the year is 50, which was done by both Patrick Ewing and Vince Carter, but Carter's came in a lockout short in the right. season. He would, have, he would have to be absolutely absurd to win rookie of the year with 38 games played. A lot of the reason... And he might be, by the he way. Might be. If he, he might if be. He, but, but John if he's Rank, as good in the regular season as he was in the preseason... That might qualify as... The other thing, too, is that if he does actually play, and he plays really well, and the Pelicans actually make the playoffs, right. that will fuel his case. But also, John Morant... It's not like John Morant's been the best rookie. John Morant has been really, really, yeah. really this good. Is, he's not like a default... He's not no, winning exactly. it like Malcolm Brogdon did. No, he's like he's yes, legit been really good. Fair. And the Grizzlies, as we were recording this in the eighth seed in the West, um, it's not like he's you know just putting up big numbers on a bad team or anything like that. Um, so I do think it's going to be very difficult for, for Zion to get... To win rookie of the year, right? Um, but I mean, he could he could finish second place. I don't think he'll win rookie of the year, but it's my bold prediction. Okay, you got to be bold. It's not a, it's not a it. it's not a light prediction. It's a bold prediction. Uh, we'll move on to sixth man of the year. Uh, Micah, you had Derrick Rose. I had Montres Harrell. No, sorry, Scott had Montres Harrell, and I had Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, I can't. I wanted to stick with Spencer, but he's played too many games now. He started yeah. way too many games uh, with the Knicks, so I, I really don't have uh, you know a strong feeling. Either way, for a guy uh, that could win this award, like there's so many, there's so many guys that are doing great things that are coming off the bench in the NBA for different teams. That I, I really don't have a strong opinion on who should win. Um, yeah, this was one of the tough ones yeah, for me as well. I, I I still have Trez. I just like, um, I just think he's so valuable to that Clippers team because he is their best big. And the way that he complements Kawhi Leonard and Paul George offensively in particular mm-hmm. um, is just so important to that team. The way he rolls to the basket, finishes around the paint, can take pressure off of, off of them in that way. Sure. Um, so to me, he's the sixth man of the year in my eyes right now. But as you said, it's just such a crowded field this season. Um, you know, even someone like, like Jordan Clarkson is going to get some love for this award, especially with the way that he's playing since he came to Utah and how right. good um, he's been and everything like that. Um, so I feel like there are actually more names in this co- in this kind of group than they, yeah, they usually to, are. To the, the the reason I I'm gonna disagree with you with Trez is I I find it unfathomable that a teammate of Lou Williams can win Sixth Man of the Year when Lou Williams is still <laughs> playing this well because Lou Will could just win it again. They just, just they should just rename it after Lou Williams. Uh, the two guys I'm looking at most clo- closely are Derrick Rose and Dennis Schroeder. And uh, Schroeder in particular, just because of Oklahoma City's success, and look, we were joking around in Slack the other day, and somebody put up a blind resume with Chris Paul, with SGA, and with Schroeder, and like you kind of knew who was who, but he wasn't that far off of those other two guys getting a lot more respect than I think he is. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I, I like what he's done there in those three guard sets defensively. He's been very good. And then Derek Rose, I think has been Detroit's best player, uh, for the year. And I, I just think it's impossible to ignore kind of what, what Derek Rose has done. Those are my two favorites right now. I almost dropped a, a thing in Slack the other day, jokingly about comparing Schroeder to Derek Rose in his, uh, MVP season. Um, but I, I decided to hold off on that. Yeah, thank you for holding <laughs> off on that. That was, a, that was a good call by you. No, Schroeder's been great. And he also, um, according to NBA.com, leads all um, bench plays in scoring this season. Um, and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the time this goes to the highest scoring player off the bench, um, for better or for worse. Um, but he, he's played well this season. Add him to the list of guys who play well after Rus- uh, leaving Russell Westbrook. Okay, here we go. That's, that's a conversation for Also another for another time, but a man. Um, it's a long list. <laughs> Coach of the year. This is an interesting one. I'm going to start here. Uh, I, by well, the way, I, I, I'm, I'm you with are, you on you are the most ob- This I'm is the you. most obvious call in the world. Go ahead. That you're going to no. That you're going to make. What What do you think it is? You're going to say it's Nick Nurse. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to say it's Nick. Of Nurse. course you are. I, I, yeah. I agree. With, I agree with him. I'm 100 percent. And I make the and, case. and here's why. This Come is on. a team that has lost. I mean, it, it, the, the training staff was probably injured. On the Raptors, like they they were, I mean they were walking Band Aid 
they needed to just be wrapped in bubble wrap. And it wasn't just guys that are part of the rotation. We're talking about Kyle Lowry being out. We're talking about Pascal Siakam being out. We're talking about Fred Van Vliet being out. And they didn't really skip a beat, and they're still in position to make a run and at least finish second place in the Eastern Conference in the second half of the season. And that's in large part due to Nick Nurse and the system he's put in place. And not the offensive system, the defensive system. I think that this team defensively has been so far beyond what we could have imagined that uh, we're overlooking it. Because Nick Nurse has come in, he's, he's being that offensive creative genius that everybody expected you know, Kawhi Leonard to flourish under. Last year he had Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, two great defenders on the perimeter, two guys that could really go out and lock down. Doesn't have him this year. Guess what? The team's better defensively this year than they were a year ago. You mentioned uh, you know, Serge Ibaka gets hurt. They're still, they didn't miss a step. They still managed to hand, you know, handle their business defensively. Marcus Sowell, who was the captain, the quarterback of this defense, their defensive rating without him, one point difference. This is a very good defensive team. And I, and I know that Dwayne Casey put a lot of this foundation in place and he's kind of built off of that. But the fact that you can just plug and play players into the system and they dominate the way they do defensively, like they have a true identity now. We thought it would have been an offensive identity. It's truly defense wins games. Not well, I'm not going to say championships because I don't think they're going to win a championship with this year. But <laughs> defense wins games, and I have to give Nick Nurse credit for putting a system in place for. Doesn't he's like Bill Belichick right now for the NBA? You give him anybody, and he's going to figure out how to use him best. It's the the Raptors as of this recording have the second best defensive rating in the league. In the um, league, in the league, which is insane when you think of as you were saying all the players that they have, uh, they've lost to injury and the amount of time. The thing I like about Nurse too is that he's just not afraid to try stuff. He'll yeah. he'll he'll throw anything yeah. to any team. You know, we saw him throw a really aggressive trap at James Harden, and after the game, they talked about how look it didn't work. They made shots, they won, but like we'll adjust and we'll try something else. Um, which I think is what the regular season is about. You want to have coaches who are, are not afraid to try things, um, so they know what to expect or what they can use in the playoffs. Um, I have, I mean, I don't. Have, we don't have to talk about Nurse that much longer because basically everything you just said, I agree with. Um, they've just exceeded expectations, fighting through injuries and everything like that. Um, I think he's the coach of the year right now. I got him fourth on my list. What? Wow. That's this, now. This is a thing. disrespectful thing you've no, never said I, on this podcast. I think that. Um, they, all the injury stuff is completely fair. Like they, they've been. I mean, they they have not had their team. Right. I think um, they missed the second. But I also injury, like. Right? It might be now. It's something like that. Second they, or third. They also aren't. Who's first? We we kind of expected them to be. New Orleans. Fourth, I think it's Warriors. Fourth, fifth. Or Warriors. It's Warriors. Yeah. Okay. Fourth or fifth, sort of in the East. I mm. mean, they they might finish where we thought they'd finish. Right. Like, to me, that kind of – like, I understand that it's, sometimes it's more about how you do it than what you do. And certainly, like, how the Raptors are doing what they're doing is very impressive. But, like, they're probably going to finish right where at the beginning of the year everyone thought they were going to finish. And that's for – to me, like, that's where I look at Billy Donovan in Oklahoma City. I look at Taylor Jenkins in Memphis. Who? And I look at Eric Spolster in Miami. <laughs> this guy went on a big rant a couple of days ago about the coach of the Memphis Grizzlies and never said his name because nice. he didn't know his name. I know his nice. name. And I'm not the only one. You um, can, If you put a picture of five guys right now, you wouldn't be able to pick him up. Yeah, it would. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. No, I, look, to, to me, it's, uh, it's, it's Jenkins, Spo, or Donovan. And I think I would lean Billy Donovan. This is a team that entering the year – uh, Vegas projected them for 31 wins, sure. and they're on they're on pace for 47 is what they're projecting now. They're they're going to crush, absolutely demolish uh, any and all preseason Did expectations. Did you pound the over in our little I may or may not. I may or may not. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember I what probably I took the under. Yeah, I probably um, took the under too. But in, in sort of the same same thing with Memphis here. Um, you know, I, I think Miami Miami's been a, a certainly better, but it's not like people expected them to be bad. Like they were a a sort of a trendy preseason. Maybe they'll finish third in the East, and they still might. Right. Uh, whereas, whereas Memphis, I, I don't think anyone foresaw them. Even if they don't make the playoffs, and they ultimately finish like thirty nine and forty three, or kind of they do what Sacramento did last year. They're they're in the mix, and they tail off. Like this Memphis team, and, and it's a, it's been a lot more than John Morant. Like Jonas Valanciunas has been great. Jaron Jackson Jr. Like I, we we talk about how he hasn't made the leap, kind of maybe we thought he'd make. He's still been really good. 
Like he's averaging over 18 points a game. Brandon Clark's been really good. Dylan Brooks. Um, I mean, so, but but to me, it's Billy Donovan. It'd be nice if Jaron Jackson grabbed a rebound, though. It would be. Just it would be just nice. some, it would be. Just some pushback on the Raptors, by the way. They were their over under going into the season was 46 and a half wins. They're on pace to win 55 right now. Yeah. Which, again, is insane when you think they lost Lowry for an extended period of time with injury, um, Van Vliet, Siakam, Gasol, Ibaka. Um, so I, I think, you know... Norm, you, Norm Powell. And Norm as well. Um, so you can talk about how, you know, the Raptors are kind of where we thought they would be. But They're I think playing Chris Boucher 25 minutes a saying. game. I think they've, they've, Car- smashed, they've about, smashed expectations. Carlin's about to write an article for NBA.com with the headline, Why Chris Boucher Determines the <laughs> NBA Coach of the Year. <laughs> He's helped. Terrence Davis, he didn't know who he was before the start of the season. Nick Nurse should finish fourth in coach theory. No, you're being ridiculous. I, I I agree with you that those other three guys, especially Spo, because has Spo won a coach of the year yet? No, he, I don't think so. He, 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 it, it's criminal that he hasn't won it because he's been really, really good as, who's, as who's a coach. Who's coach? Taylor Jenkins. <laughs> that a boy. Yeah, I'm on I'm on it now. Can't pick him out of the lineup, <laughs> but I know his name. Um, he, no, but he's, he's done a good job in Memphis, but like I said, Nick Nurse has exceeded all expectations. Every No other coach has lost the amount of talent that he's lost this season. And I'm not just talking about the injuries this year. I'm talking about the best player in the league left his team, and he still has them competitively. We, half A month ago, people were talking about this team that they could make the finals before all these injuries hit. True, yeah. It's Nick true. Nurse, man. That's Nick Nurse. I agree with you. Uh, we'll move from the finals talk to just playoff talk. And, Micah, you could lead this off. There's a little bit of a conversation around the eighth seed in the Western Conference because apparently this might decide who wins coach of the year. Memphis, San Antonio, Portland, New Orleans, who is it? Who gets a chance? I mean, um, New Orleans, let's be be fair to the listeners out there. New Orleans right now, we're only throwing in there because they're getting back, you know, they're getting a guy who's super talented in Zion Williamson, but they're still way off the pace right now. They're four, four games behind. That's not that much. That's a lot. You you have to win twice as much as I've been, you're losing. I've been beating I've been beating the New Orleans Pelicans drum since three months before the year started. Right. I'm not stopping now, baby. Okay. So uh, you the, think Pelicans the Pelicans are, are my there? pick to finish eighth in the West because and, and Gil talked about the schedule too. Like they play San Antonio four more times. Right. They play Memphis four more times. And if you look at all the way all the tiebreakers currently set up, look, none of them are decided, but they are either currently leading or tied in every tiebreaker with every other team in the mix for that eight seed. So when when push comes to shove and they're tied with someone at the end, I think they're trending up. Zion's going to come back. Brandon Ingram is balling out. Lonzo Ball, something has clicked with Lonzo these last two or three weeks. Derek Favors has, has been a a very steadying, uh, steadying influence. And how about my man Jaleel Okafor giving it to Andre Drummond in Detroit? Uh, the other, it's gonna be funny. You laugh, you laugh when they get in because of one win. You could point to that game in Detroit where Jaleel Okafor in a game that they did not have. Obviously Zion, right. no Ingram, no right. Favors, no Redick, no Ball, no Drew Holiday. No, they did have Ball. No Drew Holiday. They won that game because of Jaleel Okafor. So when you write your Chris Boucher determined. <laughs> is the coach of the year that's when i was respond with my why jaleel okafor is the reason that new orleans made the playoffs well new orleans has the 10th easiest schedule the rest of the way according to tankathon by the time of recording this on thursday at uh, 1 p.m eastern time um they still have to play the bucks they still have to play the lakers twice they still have to play the jazz twice they still got to play some nuggets games what do you think scott do you think they have a chance of making the eighth or someone else no they have a chance um Sorry, let me replace. Are they going to make? Of course, he thinks. That yeah, they have a I, everyone has a chance. To Scott, um, he is the definition of Lloyd this, this Christmas. Is my, this is my time to sit on the fence. Yeah, uh, I no, no, don't I, do I that. have no idea who's going to get. The oh answer. my god, <laughs> handy at least handicap it for us here. Um, Give me percentage wise to all the teams that you, they're involved. Since and if it gonna, doesn't add up to one hundred, <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Bring your calculator out. Twenty five percent each from Memphis, San Antonio, Portland, Incredible. and New Orleans. Well, you hear that. Golden State Warrior fans and Sacramento <laughs> King fans, you have zero percent chance of making the playoffs. Um, At least you were off the fence about that. I, I do, I do think it's between those four teams, though. Um, Memphis has been great lately. I still kind of wonder if they're just gonna, like, if if Jaw hits a wall, um, as good as they've been from top to bottom, and um, how much depth they have and everything like that. I think that would hurt them a lot. If only they had a veteran swingman just waiting in the wings that know, hasn't right? played all year that could really help them do that, right? He who shall remain. 
If only, if nameless. only they just had someone. Does yeah. he have to be a, a champion? Mean, a champion? A fun. Finals MVP? He'd be fun if he played up for this team. You um, think so? Yeah, I think he'd be great. Iguodala. We might as well say his name now if it's. Well, whatever. we're not talking about Jay Crowder. <laughs> I mean, he's been all right. I mean, um, no, but I do think it's well, define all right. San Antonio. Um, Jay Crowder. Have been a little up and down. DeMar DeRozan's been playing really well lately. Sure. I'm not a believer in the Portland Trailblazers, but somehow they're only one and a half games back. When does Nurkic get back? I think they said like February, yeah, right? February or March. Um, you don't think he gives again, him a boost? But the, again, the way his injury, like, I, I think it. even if he's back, he's not really going to be back. He's a big. What is, what, he's not like fueled by athleticism. Yeah, that's, that's also mean, a huge mental thing that you have to overcome when you come back from an injury like that. Sure, but he isn't, he's not being expected to be the same guy. Okay, we're not expecting him to be the same guy as he was a year ago, but he's coming. he'll come off the bench, give you 15 minutes. That's not a boost. He's it's a, than, no, it's a yeah. it's a boost for sure. Right. I just don't know if like if you could point to Nurkic and just say like he's the reason they're gonna make. He's the, the reason right. they they are or not. I I don't know. That's me personally. Okay. But I mean the guy's legs snapped in half like right. Yeah. Ten months ago, you know. Yeah. So. Um, and he's a big dude. Yes. Um, <laughs> what's that shot at his weight? No, he's a, he's a very, he's a big guy. He's like seven seven hey, or something. By the way, know. the last time we called out someone for New Year's resolution, he responded, he and, and now Nicole hey, Jokic I'm, is the MVP. Candidate. I'm not calling him fat. Don't put words in my mouth. You I'm might as well. You might you might because Jokic is balling since we said that. Since Micah, Micah said, said that. that. Sorry, since Micah yeah, said that yeah. three times. Um, yeah. The views the views are, are, are alone, ours alone, and not those of the NBA and teams that are uh, a part of the NBA. I mean, Nurkic listed at seven foot two ninety. He's a big dude. I'm not, I'm not a lot of weight to dude. put on a surgically repaired. So, um, so can we get an answer or no? Yeah, stop. I told you I, I was between the, those four teams. Well, yeah, we know. Pick one. Pick one. Give one twenty. I, I want to see Mem. I want to see Memphis get it. There we go. I want to see Memphis get it. Okay. Uh, I I actually think the Spurs are going to continue their streak. History's on the line. Uh, and I also I also think that they're going to make a trade, which Pop doesn't do in season too often, but I think he needs one. Yeah. I think he needs to make a trade. Like, like who are they trading? Though? Well, it's not going to be it's not going to be like a drastic trade. It'll be something small to add to a, I don't know, shooter or something. It'll be in the in the realm of the Jeff Teague to Atlanta trade. Something small like that, but Pop will find a way to add that piece to the puzzle, and off they go. Okay. So the Spurs finish eighth. Pelicans. Uh, yeah, Pelicans, Spurs, and Memphis battling for eighth seed. Interesting. Speaking of trades, let's talk trade deadline. Three weeks away. Um, before the season started, I didn't think we would have a chaotic trade deadline. I'm walking that take back. I oh, think really? I think you there's going to be chaos? some fireworks. I think over the next three weeks, there's going to be some fireworks, and uh, it's going to start with Andre Drummond on his way out. Don't know where he's going, but I can't see Andre Drummond getting past the trade deadline still in Detroit. I think the league as a whole collectively is waiting for that. That card to fall. Once it happens, the floodgates are going to open. See, I, I could see him not being traded before the trade deadline. I know right. there's been talks about like it I looks almost, like it's going to happen. You've almost got me to say something bad about Detroit, but I want to keep my job, so I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> I I just I, I think there's been reports <laughs> that they're they're looking for a first round pick in return, right? And right. they no one's been able to no one's offered that yet. Um, it's just risky because he's going to be. He's already talked about how he's going to decline that player option for next season, so sure. he's going to be a free agent. Um, so if you're a team like the Hawks that already have so much space, you know, moving forward and can offer him a max contract or anything like that, there is some benefit to parting ways with a first round pick to get him and, and have, you know, the rest of the season with him. Um, but you're not losing a ton if you just wait it out. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he does not get traded. Um, it seems like he is going to be, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know what to what's think the, about what's this trade the pushback deadline? on this on on the trading the first round pick from this year's draft. Like what, 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 for, who, for for anybody. Well, no, but, but that's what I'm saying for for Drummond. If he's gonna be a free agent, the Hawks might as well just keep onto that pick and be like, if they think that they are the number one team for gotcha. him, okay, you're gonna offer him a max contract gotcha. day one of free agency, and then you're not losing anything by getting. I him. thought you were saying it in the vein that the Hawks were afraid to give up a number one pick because. No, if you're it's, a team out no, there, no, I'm saying, yeah, no. It, who cares about? The it's sort of like when the when like the Knicks traded for Carmelo Anthony. Like, why did the Knicks trade for Carmelo Anthony? He was going to sign there anyway. Right, right. And right. why didn't the I, Lakers? Why the Hawks? But why didn't the Lakers trade for Paul George? Because he was supposed to sign there anyway, and they that's, never got. No, that's it. true. No, it's true. So it's true. If you think, if you, to but, me, players, NBA players are so sensitive. Like, if you if you like a guy, you have to go out and get him because he feels any slight, any way, shape, or form. A guy, especially like Drummond, 
he'll go play somewhere else. The flip side of that too, though, is that the Hawks are one of very few teams that actually have cap space to offer that kind of contract. Right. Um, so the teams for Drummond that are going to be able to offer him the money that he wants and the position on the team, like the role that he wants, um, is basically them and, and might not be anyone else. Um, either way, we're probably talking about too much about Drummond. I think we're going to get crickets. You I don't so? see, I'm, I'm yeah. starting to think the same thing. Because I... I don't know. It's it, even like usually the way I look at the trade deadline is it's sort of like it's like a fuse that goes off and it's a powder keg and it can snowball out of control and like one team panics and does something and then that causes another team and another team and another team. I just don't know. Like even if even if Andre Drummond does get moved, mm-hmm. like nobody else is. It's not like a domino effect because Atlanta doesn't like. It's just. Atlanta or Charlotte or any of these teams is not—it's not somebody that is going to cause like, oh my gosh, Atlanta just got Andre Drummond. Okay, what are we going to do now? Right, but I'm not saying it that in, 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 in terms of that being the domino effect and everyone being afraid. I think it sets the market for then to now offer a Tristan Thompson. For then to now try and get a Blake, well not Blake Griffin because he's hurt now, but but other bigs around the league yeah. or other guys who can, you know, an Igadala. Once you find out what the market is out there, you can you can offer maybe like maybe things. Tristan Thompson and like Aaron Baines and those type of guys. But I don't think it's gonna be like like I don't think we're gonna see Demar Derozan get traded to contender. I don't think so either. I don't think we're gonna see Kevin Love get dealt. I, I don't know if if those names that really truly honestly move the needle like Tristan Thompson getting dealt to like Boston would be a big deal but it it's a big deal in the way that like I don't know it's that's not like the Lakers trading for Pau Gasol sure or anything I, I don't think like that magnitude of a move is out there now I don't know who knows maybe the Lakers find a way to trade for Bogdanovich from Sacramento and then that makes the Lake the Clippers freak out and then the Bucks freak out and then I mean who who the hell knows? But I would lean more towards crickets than chaos. Okay, if you're the Bucks right now, do you make a move? They got your boy Eric Bledsoe. Why would you make <laughs> we, a move? We've we've talked about this a lot already, though. The, the difficulty with them is just finding finding a, uh, someone that they can trade for, given the salaries that they have. Like it, with Chris Middleton and Giannis, um, and then how important you know Brook is and the money he's making. Like they can't. There's not many ways that they can go and get like a third star or anything like that. So I think even if they wanted to get someone, it'd be very difficult for them to do. I'm not so. saying that they go get a third star. Like making a trade doesn't mean you have to get a third star. Like no, I'm, I'm thinking get... more like. I mean, like, could they get like like Robert Covington is someone they could theoretically get, right? Yes. Um, but again, to do that, they're gonna have to trade someone like Eric Bledsoe or Brooke Lopez. I mean, I'm running to the phone. I mean, I'm talking to the wrong person. Here. Running I'm to, to the person. You who wouldn't run to the phone for to, Eric Bledsoe. Look, 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 look at me. Look at me when we're wait having a second. No, wait a second. I'm Let me ask you guys this. All jokes aside. All jokes aside. Robert Covington's available for Eric Bledsoe. Straight up. I don't know the salaries. I don't know if it works. I'm not. I'm not getting to all that. But you wouldn't be running to the phone to make that deal happen if you're a Bucks. A Bucks supporter, a Bucks fan, a Bucks janitor? You wouldn't be you wouldn't run to the phone to complete that trade? You'd rather have Eric Bledsoe over Robert Covington? Is that what I'm hearing right now? No, you'd rather have Robert Covington. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? Uh, yeah, you we, do. we don't we don't need to we don't need to talk about this. Yes, we do. No, we don't. Um Eric Bledsoe over Robert Covington. Are you kidding me? So yeah, what then George Hill's starting point guard? Yeah. Yeah, George Hill's yeah. on a career a, a career year. He's Renaissance year. Playing like That'd be fun. eighteen minutes a game. He's having an incredible year. I just look like Mo- Milwaukee's not. They're just. They're not gonna. They're not gonna do anything drastic. They're too good to do anything drastic. The Lakers are not gonna do anything because they don't have the contracts. Like it just the the combination of the guys who make an impact and their cap situations and then the teams that it just nothing lines up. There's not a whole lot out there that makes sense, uh, which is why I just don't think we're gonna get anything. The most interesting team to me is the Heat. Um, again, we've talked about this before. They just have so many expiring contracts um, that they can put together an interesting deal. And right. they, can, they can go and get someone. Like if, you, they, if they wanted to get a Chris Paul, for example, they could put the contracts together to do that. Um, it's just whether or not they want to. And would Oklahoma City want to? Right. 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 Like that that just it, it's the manner of which all of this is unfolded. Like the the only guy really out there, I feel like that if if Miami was truly honestly ready to just. Let's go all in. Let's try to win it. If they really wanted to go get Kevin Love, they could go get Kevin Love. Right. Right. And Cleveland would probably say, yeah, no problem. Whatever it takes. But, like, even, like, so you, you brought up Chris Paul. Another guy, like, Mike Conley is a guy that Utah is having all this success with, with Mike Conley out. Could they maybe 
decide, you know what? Like, we'd be better off having another big wing or something. We'll trade Mike Conley to Miami. Like, I don't know. That seems pretty far-fetched, right? I, I'm, I, I just think that we'll see more draft picks dealt away, especially first-round picks from this year, than, uh, than I think we expect. I don't think there's anyone that's really moving the needle in this draft. Like, are you running to the podium to draft LaMelo Ball or, or James Wiseman? Probably not. I mean, they're, they're, these guys are – they could be solid NBA players. I can't see them changing an entire franchise. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, I wanted to do this earlier, and, and uh, but I but I, we kind of I for, well not we I forgot. Give me your first team All NBA today, right now. Who's on it? I mean, Luca, Harden, LeBron, Giannis. Those those four are pretty are easy locks, to right? me. Um, All NBA, um, they do centers rather than just three forwards, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Anthony Davis will just. I mean, if Anthony Davis right. is, I mean, he's eligible. made it. He's made it before. As but if he's eligible, I know. But I think he's playing less he's minutes playing this season less minutes at center, center than he has over the last couple of seasons. There's if Real he's Madrid eligible, I think it's quite clearly him. Um, if he's not, it's probably someone like, like uh, Nikola Jokic or uh, Rudy Gobert. Probably. Yeah, I think it's Jokic. Pretty hands so down. So you have the same like four with Jokic. Yeah. Because I think the guards, like, in, in past years, right, you'd have, like, a – well, for a lot of time, it was just it's going to be Harden and Steph, right? But right. Steph's out. Like, I don't know. Is there another guard that's even remotely close to Harden and Luka? I don't – like, Dame, like, Portland's not good. Kemba's not there. Kyrie's been hurt. Donovan Mitchell? No. Uh, Harden and Lo- Luka like, Harden are and Luka are stone cold lock. Yeah. LeBron, LeBron and Giannis, like, I, I can't – Imagine a situation in which either of them, <laughs> like if Kawhi, if Kawhi had missed no time, right? Maybe we're having a conversation. But even then, like the Lakers and Bucks are so far in a way the two best teams in the league. Like I don't even know if you could make a, a convincing Kawhi case. Yeah, centers. And Kevin Durant's hurt. Like I just I don't know. Center's really the only. Center's a real tough one. Yeah. Uh, for for uh, AD, AD's played. He played ninety six of his minutes last year at center. Only thirty five percent of his minutes right now. Yeah. As we record right now, uh, all right. So I agree with you guys. I, I think I think Jokic gets it over uh, Rudy Gobert. Yo, you know what? Jokic um, is a guy that we we don't need to get into it now. We can save it for later. We talked more about Jimmy Butler uh, in the MVP conversation than Nikola Jokic. Yeah, that's probably uh, a bit Nikola Jokic <laughs> is probably going to finish in the top five once again, and might even finish in the top three or four uh, with the way Denver's playing. I just Shouts to Nicole Jokic. He's been great. Uh, this is also a conversation for another time. Michael Porter Jr. Let's go. Ended at that. Yeah, let's end the pod there. He's coming. Scott's not a believer in him, though. <laughs> He's definitely not. Scott's not a believer. Uh, Are you a believer? Uh, yeah, of course. All right. Just make of course. I'm on the, I'm on the MPJ uh, bandwagon. You carry the, milk, you carry the milk jugs to work, though, sometimes, I do. Too. I, I hate, the, uh, I hate the, the, the milkiness of Michael. But, I mean, conversation for another time. For Mike Adams, I'm Carlin Gay. And Scott Rafferty, the number one Michael Porter Jr. fan in the world. (laughs) I have no comment. We'll see you next time right here on NBA Sound System.